Good morning. Even though it's raining, it's still a glorious day, amen? Uh, especially after being able to come in and see somebody publicly proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and saying, I understand how important the, the symbolism is to, to, this, to this thing we call baptism and how important it is to us. Saying, I want to take part in this. I want to give my life to Christ forever. It's huge. And I'm going to be honest with you, uh, I get a little bit hyper whenever it's one of those hype kids that's doing it. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be biased, but hype night, right? (laughs) Ah, For everybody that's here today or tuning in on any media platform, you know, we've been going over 1 Corinthians for about three years now. (laughs) I wrote that thinking Jeff, Pastor Jeff wasn't going to be here. Uh, No, but seriously, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Ken have done a phenomenal job of, of teaching the, and explaining these passages to us. Uh, we're, we're truly blessed to not only just have one, but two pastors, right, at our amazing church. So amen to that, yeah. Unfortunately, you guys are stuck with me, so buckle up. <laughs> Everybody, just let's uh, open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 58. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come to you today thanking you just for another day to be able to come into your house and worship you giving glory to you. We, we just pray that you continue to place your hands on each and every one of us and place your hands on our hearts, continue to mold these hearts into the hearts of the believers that you want and need us to be. We thank you um, for Quinn and Shannon, and, and we just pray that you, you cover them in the spirit. Dear Father, we thank you just for the congregation that we have and for the servant hearts in this church. I pray that you just continue to bless each and every person here. Dear God, uh, I I thank you for just the opportunity to take part in in, in this victory that you've swallowed up over death. You know, I, I thank you for that. I just pray that you use the Spirit today Speak through me, through your word. 
We want to thank you for all that you are and all that we have. But most of all, we want to thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. So just to bring us up to speed, Paul right now is writing to the church in Corinth. Okay, so Corinth in this time was this prosperous, very wealthy, cosmopolitan commercial center in Greece. And Paul had been there teaching and, and preaching the good news, preaching the gospel, and a lot of people had come to faith through his teachings, right? So Paul ends up staying for about a, a year and a half, preaching and teaching the word. Something happens. Paul leaves, and then he starts receiving some letters from the church, okay? And these letters are explaining the, the issues and the problems that are going on within the church. They start adopting this cultural idea, this adopting this cultural idea, what they call Gnosticism, uh, saying that we need to separate the body and the spirit because anything that is physical is bad. And so, obviously, if that's the case, Jesus, the spirit, God cannot live in, in the flesh in, in something that is bad. And so what this did is it started having a lot of people within the church as a whole, their vision and in, in, in their is skewed, it's clouded. Their faith is clouded. They start seeing marriage differently. They start worrying about what the, the foods, these big ceremonial productions and events being put on. And most of all, the biggest problem is that a lot of people started questioning the resurrection, <laughs> the validity of it. These are the same people, folks, that, that gave their life to Christ because they heard the good news, right? For a year and a half, they heard the good news and they gave their life to Christ. And as soon as a, Paul leaves, the church got to knowing too much, basically. For lack of better words, they got too big for their britches, as the, the, the old timers say. And when we listen to and we study the context and study the word, if you're anything like me, you, you got to have this thought at some point. It's, it's just like, how could you ever question the resurrection? How could you ever think otherwise, right? I mean, at some point, reading this context, you, you, you have to think, how could you ever question that? It's the main part. All I can say as God's word is as true now as it was then, as it always will be. And I know that for a fact because the church, not Wire Park Baptist Church, I mean the, the church as a whole, the body of Christ, you know what, uh, we're living in it uh, still to this day. It's just being carried out a little differently. If you look around and know what's going on in the world, you see that we are viewing marriage differently. In the culture, marriage is not the way God intended it to be. We're seeing it, we're living it. Everybody's worried about their next meal. What, what y'all gonna eat before the, no, I'm just kidding. 
And there's a lot of folks that will say they believe in, they believe in Jesus. They believe he was a good man. They believe that he, he walked the earth and still questioned the resurrection. It's wild. <laughs> As Paul is reading these letters from the church, all I can think of is him reading them, right? Uh, and he gets to a point, the point about the question of the resurrection, and he gets to this point, and all I can see is him like, oh my, okay, enough is enough. You know, I can get around, we can, we can figure something out about this marriage thing, we can figure something out about, and, and, and try to figure out how to explain these, these ceremonial meals and, to pagan gods and stuff, we can figure that out, but once we start questioning the resurrection, enough is enough. Every time I think of this, I think of an early 2000s movie, right? Um, a cult classic, some would say, White Chicks. And this... <laughs> And there's this, there's this scene where uh, there's two girls there at a hotel and things aren't going the way that they feel like they should go. And it's getting to be too much. Enough is enough. And one of them says, I'm going to write a letter. That's how I see Paul after reading the questioning, the resurrection. Enough is enough. I need to write a letter. You know why? Because the resurrection matters, people. It matters. Then, now, for eternity, it matters. One thing that everyone knows is one day our time is going to come. One day our time is going to come. One time the, the clock's going to tick, and it's going to be our turn. There's a 100% chance for each and every person in this room and outside of this room that our time's coming. Right? We all know that. We can all be on the same page, black, white. Non-believer, believer, pink, purple, I don't care. We know that. And everyone knows and believes that no matter who you are. There's no mystery. However, in turn, there is a mystery that has been around for a very long time. A mystery that has produced so many great philosophers, right? This existential question that everyone has to know. If you pick up your smart device, you can search And the biggest question is, is there life after death? Everybody wants to know it's, it's trending. Everybody needs to know this mystery. So let's go to the truth, Google, and type it in, right? <laughs> About 15,000 different answers will pop up. But guess what, folks? The Word of God gives you one answer, right? The Scriptures tell us, uh, there is life after death. One of the most known verses, thank you, Tim Tebow, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So there you go. You got eternal life and there's no death. There's your answer. However, something does have to happen first. You know, death has to be defeated. There has to be victory over the last enemy, which is death. Paul says in, in verses 53 through 57 here, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. 
when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is saying that that mortal perishable body that Jesus had it had to die be buried and resurrect it had to happen that's the only way that this victory is done that's the only way that that perishable body puts on becomes imperishable it's the only way that that mortal body that he had at the time become immortal he has to defeat death by putting that on Sin and death is defeated for eternity through that. The resurrection matters. It gets a little deeper because this verse doesn't stop there. You know why? Because this verse pertains to us as well. These mortal bodies, these perishable bodies, we have to put on and clothe ourselves in Jesus Christ, the resurrected Christ, the imperishable Christ, the immortal Christ. And once you do that, guess what? You get to take part in that victory over death. Oh. We don't deserve that. We don't even, we, we, we're sinners. We don't even deserve this opportunity, but God loves us so much. He gives us an out. I think about it all the time. Ain't no way I'm sending journey to the cross. Uh, he's, He's a good father. He did that for all of us. We all have a chance to take part in that victory. The resurrection matters. Whenever I met my wife, when I first met my wife, I, this, I mean, this is the first day. These two teeth are missing. I got liquid stitches over my eye. <laughs> and I meet her. And she goes, and I'm talking to her like this. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. I must have had some good game. But... <laughs> But she said, you know, I, I know your teeth are messed up already. My sister told me, my sister-in-law's over there. She hates this story. <laughs> she said, but teeth can be fixed. Okay. She asked me another, she asked me a question. Crazy. I grew up in the church, right? So I knew the Sunday school answers. And this is the first night that I meet my wife, but she asked me, how are you saved? This is pretty quick, right? And I said, repent and turn from your ways. Sounds right. Sounds correct. I left out the most important part. It's not about what I do. I repent and turn from your ways. Oh, all I have to do is say, I'm sorry. And then I do, I do, I do. That's how I'm saved. No, salvation comes through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we need to know that. Ever since then, 
I'm very careful about how that question is asked. In verse 58 here, Paul says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Just like in Corinth at the time, church, we are living in a time where the culture is going to try to move us. It's going to try to skew and cloud our, our vision of what the truth is. He wants us to stand firm. He wants us to take part in this victory over death forever and ever for eternity. And it it takes us standing firm in our faith and not being clouded to the point of what Corinth is and they're questioning the resurrection. It gets bad then, folks. Paul's telling us to stand firm. You know, when I think about this, I, I think about how great God is because this is not just for the church. Salvation is not just for the church. Actually, it's for everybody. If you're in here and you don't know Christ, he wants you to know him. God wants that. He wants to do eternity with you. You got to believe. That's all you got to do. The hard work is done. The resurrection matters. If it didn't, Matt would have just held Quinn about five minutes under that water. (laughs) We'd all still be dead in our sins. When Quinn came up out of that water, it showed he came up new in Christ, a new creation, dead to the old self and, and new and covered, clothed in Christ. And God wants that for you. I thought I had more, but the Chiefs are playing at 12. (laughs) Pray with me. Dear Father, we come to you today thanking you for the opportunity to speak your word and and, and give glory to you. I just pray that um, we understand the power and the resurrection, the power and the good news, the gospel, and how important it is to each and every one of us. I pray that you continue to keep us steady and standing firm in our faith and moving forward through through a culture that wants us to think otherwise, a a culture that wants to cloud our thoughts and our visions and, and cloud the truth that is you. I pray that you guide us and put us on a path where we cannot veer. Father, we thank you just for who you are, all that we have, but most of all, we thank you for the resurrected Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Thank you, Rod, so much for coming today and proclaiming God's word. Uh, You know, Jesus died on the cross for our sins and as rod talked about today um, as he preached god's word he shared with us that we're all sinners and it's only through jesus christ that we are saved friends one of these days death was going to happen to each of us and the resurrection um, 
does matter. It matters for us because when we die, uh, we're going to be judged for our actions, for our sins. And as Rod talked about, preached today, you know, there's going to be a day, though, when our Lord does return. And as the scriptures talked about in our pastorships today, you know, it, who we put our faith in matters. And on that day, it will matter. And it, this is an opportunity, a chance for you in our service today to come forward and say, you know what? I need to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I'm not sure how the Lord is speaking to you today. I don't know what he's saying to you. I don't know how he's, he's speaking. But if you're here today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we want to give you this chance, this opportunity to come forward and admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God and confess Christ as Savior and Lord. If you're here today and you are a believer and maybe you're going through a hardship, a, a difficult time, this altar is here for you as well. You can come up. You can pray. Rod and I are going to be back in the Welcome Center, and we would just love to be able to pray with you. And But this is an opportunity that you have to do business with the Lord. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just so excited about what God is doing in this church. And it's, you know, I say this a lot, but like even before I got here, God was at work. You know, the, what God is doing here isn't a Jeff thing, it's a God thing. And uh, you know, I, I so appreciate Rod and what he's doing with our youth and, and the, the youth and the college students that are back there. I mean, we can see fruit of that today, but I mean, if you've been around for not that very long, he's been here for a year and just kids are getting baptized and students are being baptized and professing their faith in Jesus Christ. That's God at work, friends. Amen. And it's not just in a few group of people, it's everywhere. And maybe God is speaking to you right here, right now. And if he is, that's real. Don't allow for this opportunity to pass you by and say, you know what? Like, I, maybe next time. No, this is, this is a, the time right here, right now to respond. As the Lord leads, would you stand and would you sing? And would you respond as the Lord leads?